The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience. Talking Trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good morning, Australia. Good evening, America. How's everyone doing out there? This is your host, Tony Lonitz, live on Radio Tony, and we have a lovely little show planned for you today. Uh, after my intro and break, we'll be talking to the beautiful Bianca DeRus, who is an intuitive and spiritual soul, and I'll tell you a bit more about her later. And then after the break, midway through the show, we'll be talking to the show sponsor, Tracy Horton, and today's topic will be vulnerability. And I'm wondering how everyone is doing out out there um, it is the very definition of a vulnerable time for those of you listening in America I'm watching as your numbers grow and I'm watching your commentary of your president and wondering how you're feeling about how he's managing everything in a crisis uh, obviously American numbers for the virus are huge and so I'm just reaching out to see how you're all doing. I understand that you're all in various stages of lockdown and I'm wondering how you're all coping with that. Here in Australia, we've been in lockdown for stages of lockdown for a little while and we are most definitely looking to come out the other side of lockdown. Uh, that's looking like it might be within the next month or so. So how do we come out of a lockdown experience and start to regenerate the economy and the way that we interact and connect with people when the virus is still within our society? So it'll be interesting to see how we all cope going back into what I think will be a new normal. For those of you uh, listening across the world, it's a wonderful time to look into yourself. For those of us that are not working, um, obviously, I'm still working, much to my great delight. I still get the privilege of talking to amazing people each week and connecting with you across the world. And I'm very uh, devoted to my listeners and bringing them information that is helpful and uplifting and positive. And our two guests today are exactly the people that you need to be listening to in this time. When we're bombarded by so much negativity and fear via normal news channels and social media, it's important that you take time out from those mediums and step away and do something that's nice for yourself. Take a walk outside, uh, listen to a wonderful podcast, tune into Radio Tony, uh, do some research about things that make you happy. If you're a gardener, check out what is uh, should be flowering in your garden and see what vegetables can be grown. I know in our very own local area across 
the Gold Coast, lots and lots of people are heavily into their own home gardens and home farms. There's a huge demand for chickens, a huge demand for ducks, and seedlings continually sell out across our retail outlets that are open. So that's a really good thing. It's a really good thing that people are starting to look at a little bit of self-sufficiency. A few chickens, and that will keep a family in eggs continuously. A little veggie garden will provide you with the freshest and best vegetables you can get. So we are about to go on a tiny little break, and when we come back, I will be introducing you to the beautiful Bianca, and we'll be talking about all things spiritual. So over to you, Rebel, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Bianca. Keeping the conversation going on the suppressed social and moral issues, this is Radio Tony on W4WN. Join Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Keep the conversation going. Directory assistance. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561-623-9421 on W4WN Radio Guest Skype. And welcome back, everyone. You're listening to your host, Tony Lontis, live on Radio Tony today. And I have a beautiful guest joining us today. Good morning, Bianca. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm very well. It's beautiful and sunny here in Sydney. It's been really, I must say, that this time of year, um, April is one of my favourite times of the year. Uh, you get the little bit of cool, crisp air and it's kind of warm in the day and the, and we have beautiful blue skies and I just I love April. What about you? Yes, yeah, same, absolutely. I wish summer was the same. I agree with you. <laughs> Especially I'm, with the coolness. Yeah, I much more enjoy the coolness versus the heat of summer. I'm very much, I would be happy if it's snow in Australia, well, at least snowing on the Gold Coast, but I guess that's not going to happen. Oh, goodness, so, no. <laughs> I love snow. I just, there's something about snow that soothes my soul. And, of course, mm. we don't get to see a lot of snow in Australia. Um, you should have to go overseas, and that's not likely to happen in the short-term future, is it? No, no, it doesn't. And it's interesting that's, that you say that because snow definitely gives that sort of calmness and quietness, isn't it? I agree. There's And there's something about those big, white, fluffy snowflakes that just mm -hmm. brings joy to my soul. Um, I just could I could sit at a window and watch snow falling for ages. It's just it's my one of my happy places and and happy thoughts. So Bianca, <laughs> I want our listeners to know about you today. So I want to know the story of your life and how you um, got into the spiritual realm and the um, you do animal communication as well. So I'm really keen to delve into that today. So have you always done this work? Was it a calling from early in your life? Tell me about how that works. Wow, how long do you have? <laughs> Lots of time. You've got plenty of time. The floor is all yours, my dear. Goodness me. Um, look, I've always been very intrigued with unusual things and yeah. learning and yeah. so the spiritual world is absolutely an ongoing learning process and I'm very intrigued by it I love delving into it and dive deeper um, it started for me quite a few years ago and now that I look back it's actually been in my life all along but not at a conscious level and so in, um, oh God, I'm going back probably 2005, 2006, where I started to develop some of these energy sensations. Yeah. And um, it started off with my hands initially, which were feeling quite unusual. And I thought I had 
something wrong with the nerve system in my hands. And so I went to research with specialists and doctors and nothing was wrong. They couldn't find anything. Yeah. And it wasn't until my mom actually told me, I want you to do something for me, she says, because I think something else is going on for you. And so she asked me to put my hands on my legs. And when I did that, it was like this energy surge came through my legs. And I was absolutely blown away by it. And she says, yeah, you've got so much energy that you've absorbed that you need to let that go. And your hands is one way to do that. So I learned about energy healing by applying my hands just above the body or even on the body to utilize the universal energy to provide healing. Uh And that opened up the gateways for me. I started to explore more about what that all means and what it is. Went a little bit crazy as well at the same time because I'm a very practical person. I love to analyze things. And I was working in corporate finance at the time. Oh, my goodness, Bianca. (laughs) Wow, that would have been such a departure for you. Yes, absolutely. It just didn't gel. Kind of the polar opposite to uh, spirituality and and feeling and soul connection. Um, mm. Gosh, that's a that's a quite a journey, isn't it? Yes, for sure. So it it really took me. I've had a few years where it was very much a burden in a way. Uh-huh. I didn't know how to really apply it for myself and not just the energy healing, which I did a qualification for. So I ended up um, working my my way up to become a Reiki master, but it opened up all sorts of other experiences in terms of the hearing and the feeling and the sensing and the seeing. And those were the things that it wasn't tangible to me. And I was analyzing everything. Yeah. I needed to know why I have this because I didn't see it as a gift, whether other people were telling me, oh, my God, you've got such a beautiful gift. For me, it was a burden. And it wasn't until I started to learn of other people that do similar things and how they've dealt with it to to work with that and to actually start to embrace it and apply it every single day in my life that it really helped me to get out of, you know, some of the dark places that I was experiencing. Yeah. And um, then in about 2011, it was when the animal communication was introduced to me. Now, I must say, I've always had a love for animals and I've always had animals around me. I grew up with animals. Wherever we went on a holiday, there was always like horses and dogs and cats and other animals around. So I always had that that curiosity with animals to think, what are you thinking? What is going on behind those eyes, you know, when they look at you? And I had my own two dogs at the time as well. And so um, that day in, in 2011, I went on a bushwalk with a friend of mine and we sat down at some stage. We had our own lunch with us and we were just eating and being really quiet, you know, appreciating the surroundings. And then I heard this voice in my head who said, Basically, a question was, hello, can you hear me? And I heard that, and I thought my friend asked me that question. And she says, no, I didn't say anything. And I go, okay. And then again, hello, can you hear me? And it went on for about three or four times. So the last one was really persistent, like, hello, can you hear me? And I was literally thinking to myself, okay, I can sense things. I can feel things. I can see things. But now I'm hearing things. Like, this is really crazy. So in my mind, I was like, okay, okay, I can hear you, but who are you? And, you know, if you are someone, I want to see you. And uh, the voice said, no, I'm not showing myself. I'm a snake, and I'm under the fallen down tree that you're sitting on, and I don't want to upset your friend because she's upset. She's afraid of snakes, so I'm not going to show myself. But I'm connecting with you because you need to go out into the world and do your job. You need to work with animals and humans and bring them closer together. And I was like, this is just crazy. Now I've literally lost the plot. (laughs) And uh, and so the voice sort of said, okay, great. You can hear me. I needed to test it. Now go out and do your job. And he took off. And I was just sitting there going, what the? And this was all happening in my head. Yes. But my friend was looking at me. She goes, 
something just happened in these last few moments. She goes, what, what, your face looks very, very weird and, and something happened. Yeah. So I look at her and I go, are you afraid of snakes? And she literally jumps up white as a ghost looking around. And I just looked at her going, whoa, because that was my validation. Yeah. Because I could not even comprehend that she was afraid of snakes. I didn't even know she was afraid of snakes. So yeah. anyway, so I explained to her what happened and She's also at a level where um, she was coaching and she was experiencing different things as well as being absolutely an empath. So I knew she would understand it at some level. And so I explained to her what happened and we were just sitting there going, wow, that's amazing. And then when I came home that afternoon, my two dogs, as dogs do, they run to the front door and, um, but my boy dog, Toby, he stopped, he looks at me and he was like, Oh my God, you can finally hear me. And then this waterfall of information came over me and I just had to stop him. I go, mate, I have no idea what this is. And so, yeah, that was the start of me exploring animal communication. And again, other things started to pop in. And now it's at a level where I hear, see and feel animals. I can talk to them. I, I can do the same with humans as well. Um, now I'm connecting with spirit, I'm channeling. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of beautiful things that, you know, is part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some (laughs) lovely questions coming in here and just good morning Leo, Harper, Zara and Violet. Great to have you here today. Wensi wants to know how do you talk to the animals? Is it always in your mind that the conversations happen? Um, There's a variety of different ways and thank you for the question. Lovely to have you here. Um, It's a variety of ways. So for me initially the core element that I have is sensing yes, and then the hearing. Wow. So those two always come in first. So I sense what the animal is going through and where yeah. they are at. Yeah. And then their language is somehow translated so that in my head so I hear the voice. Understanding? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And then I hear the voice. And the voice comes through in a way that – at the same time describes what the personality of the animal is. And sometimes I also hear music or sounds or I see pictures. So for example, I connected with a cat once yeah. or more often than once I've had many, many cats, but one of these cats um, I asked specifically, you know, what do you like? What is your personality? What, what do you enjoy? And I got this image straight away of this cartoon character Puss in Boots from the movie Shrek. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> and character. That described in you know what image. I was like, where where did that come from? So I asked him, did you send me that? And he goes, yes, that's me. That's my personality. That's exactly what I'm like. And Aww. I just cracked up laughing because it was so funny. But they have an innate ability to send you things like images and sounds and and um, words. So, that you can describe so that it's easy to translate the messages that they have. So here's a, here's a question for you, and, and this is a first live on air. So um, I don't know if you know, but I have goats, and each of my goats has a different personality. And yeah. there's one uh, – we lost one of our goats recently, and one so of the sorry. other goats was incredibly sad about this, and it was like I knew why he was sad, and I knew – how to help him get out of that sadness. Is that an apt description? Yes, that's definitely a communication that you've had with your goats because your goat would have said, not really said, but... He was missing. Sorry, I'm just tuning into what you've experienced in that moment. Sorry. Um, Sonny was missing Rocco. Like yeah, absolutely. So and, and 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 Sunny would have sent those messages to you in a way that you would understand and and innately know what to do. Wow. So and then you have a a knowing, 
and you yes. probably didn't even realize where I, that came from, but you I just didn't. knew what to do, what was the yeah. right thing. Yeah. And they can sense, they can send that to you telepathically or via energy. Um, as I said as well, like words and feelings and things like that as well. So animals absolutely grief. They yeah. absolutely grief. Yeah. They also take on emotions and behaviors that we present. And that is why it's so important for us humans to making sure that we are okay yeah. and that we are healthy, that we are looking yeah. after ourselves, that we are behaving in a way that we, that we really show how we are being in our truest form so that our animals will have the best experience with us as well. And if another animal passes away in the family, yes. then other animals will grieve for that loss. And yeah, if we yeah. haven't guided them in that process in, in the right way, then that grief can even be very, very deep and it can be very long. Yes. Yes. But animals have an innate ability to, to clear it very quickly too, once we understand what goes on. Yeah, yeah. So we, I we actually gave him some extra love and and hugs and gradually encouraged him to get back. He has a seesaw. He's the only goat of eight goats that plays on the seesaw, and he hadn't <laughs> been playing on the seesaw, and so we gradually started playing with him again on the seesaw. So he's still not oh. quite right. Um, mm -hmm. Rocco has been gone. Um, about three weeks now, but we have two more rescue goats that we added to the herd, and he's developed um, relationships with those um, little new goats as well. I've got Beautiful. some wonderful questions coming in, Bianca. Missy wants to know, do animals tell secrets? Not secrets per se, but they will tell us what goes on for us. Uh-huh. And they are very aware of what we are experiencing. Yes. So if you are having a secret, then they can set, tap into that at an energetic level. And they can certainly explain to us, you know, what we need to do in certain elements too. But they they wouldn't hold. What I've experienced myself is that animals are very, very truthful. You know, yes. they don't beat around the bush. Yeah. They tell it like it is. But sometimes they can fool us as well. So if they can be very cheeky. So we need to sometimes yes. push a little bit <laughs> to get the right information out of them because, and especially with domesticated animals and in particular with dogs, I've experienced that they will withhold how they truly feel and what they experience because they don't want to upset us. Yeah. yeah. And they will often take on as well what we do, what we experience. And yes. you may have heard that sometimes someone may have had a disease and recovered from that, and then a few weeks or months later, the dog passes away from exactly the same. I was just going to say, right? Um, so, personal experience. Yeah. Um, my beautiful dog Bella, who I had as a puppy um, during a time when I was going through incredible trauma and deep, dark depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And once I had healed from a lot of that. Uh, she uh, started to lose weight and was eventually diagnosed with a huge, big um, liver uh, trauma and tumour. And it was, I felt like she had taken on all of my pain, suffering and trauma mm. uh, into her body. That's how I felt at that time. Yeah. And I miss her to this very day. And she's been gone nearly two yeah. years I've got so many questions coming in, Bianca. Mari wants to know, animals see a lot more than we do. Do they tell the things that they n may know that people don't? Yes, they do. Yes, Mari, they do. They and do. Paula wants to know, do you have to be in person with the animal or can you hear them from far away? Great question, Paula. Awesome question, that is. No, we don't have to be in their physical space to be able to connect with them. It's a connection of telepathy and energy combined. Yeah. So, and even, you know, sometimes people say, oh, but you need to have a photo or things like that. A photo can enhance the connection 
but I don't need that. Personally, I can even just tune in to you, Tony, and then connect to your goats. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's makers pumped. <laughs> <laughs> because we are all energy and yes. it's 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 filtering through all the different energies that come in. But the more clear I am, the more clear the communication line is. It's almost like you're tuning into a radio station, the yeah. old radios, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, where you, where you have to turn the knob to find the frequency to hear the music and, and the host. So I do a similar process. So I level up my energy, my vibration, my frequency to get to the frequency of the animal that I want to connect with. And in a very interesting way, the animal will facilitate my clients to come to me so that I can work with the animal. So the connection is already in place. So the minute I have that booking in place, that connection is already happening. So I then connect to the animal and I ask them permission to have a conversation. So whether that's in person or whether that's remotely, the connection happens. And often it is easier for the animal to connect remotely Yes, because I'm not in their physical environment, so they can remain quite relaxed, and it is okay. And if I have the permission, then we continue with the conversation. So I don't, you know, barge in, yeah. so to speak, um, because I have had sometimes where animals actually said, "No, now is not the time. We need to do this at a different time." So I had to reschedule the conversation yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. So no, it, physically, physically, it's. I even find that doing doing this remotely, the connection is actually more enhanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. energy knows no bounds. Is that absolutely? Yeah, yeah. Energy knows no bounds, so it doesn't matter where yeah. you are. You could connect and communicate with that animal because energy knows no bounds. Exactly. Yeah. James wants to know: Are we talking about all kinds of animals or what? <laughs> Yes. That would be a yes, James, but I'm going to let Bianca answer. I'm very blessed to have been able to connect with a lot of different animals. Um, but, you know, as we know, we all live in um, urban areas, so mostly I connect with cats and dogs and bunnies, um, horses. Yes. But I've also connected with, um, you know, snakes and lizards and um, even cockroaches and spiders. Oh, so, good. yeah. Yeah. Wow. It it um, has no, you know, once you have that open, that channel, yes. then, yeah. Um, and you um, can definitely have a preference, you know. Yes. If you prefer to only work with dogs or cats or, yes. you know, then that's what you focus on. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. M Missy wants to just clarify. Um, she wants to know if a pet could be aware that someone is cheating and they are able to <laughs> pass that message on to you. That's a great question, Missy. <laughs> Um, I haven't been specifically working with that particular challenge, but yeah. I do know that animals know everything that goes on in a household and yes. they pick up on someone's energy yes. if things have happened that is not righteous. So they, you know, dogs, for example, they know intuitively, instinctively whether someone is a good person or whether someone has done something really bad. They absolutely you know? do, don't so they? when you have a dog and you have people coming to your house, then they are the best, <laughs> the best they individual are. energy that can pick up on, yeah, you, you can have this person come into the house or not. So, yes, animals have this sense that they know what is going on. So often people come to me, with challenges for their animals because there may be a behavioral problem or an illness or they just want to know whether their pets are happy, um, whether they, you know, they've been to the vet and they haven't had any solution, nothing is working, but still something's going on for the animal. Yeah. So those are mostly the core issues that people come to me with. Yeah. But when I enter that relationship, when I enter that conversation with the pet, often it's not just that particular challenge. Yeah, because a pet may change their behavior because we need to start paying attention that something is not right. Uh -huh. So when that's the case, the animal will tell me this is actually going on with that person in the family, around the house, and they need to rectify the challenge, the issue. So, and that is 
then what we're going to start working on. So, for example, and this is where, you know, specifically the question around cheating, that animals know what's going on. I connected with a cat once that was really, really mellow, very friendly, stuck to her own sort of space, but was also quite interactive with the family to being very aggressive, um, hissing all the time, in particular towards one family member. And that just shifted from one day to the next. So they came to me to help with that because there was a change in behavior. Mm-hmm. And I asked the questions to Audrey, her name was, and I said, look, what is going on? Where can I help? And she says, yeah, I am okay. Although she had some other energy stuff happening in her body that I helped through um, the Reiki energy healing. But she says, the main reason why you're here is that one of the family members comes home from work and it's such a challenging time that they start drinking and one glass is fine, but not to the point where he's drinking, that it has an effect on the other family members, and he actually becomes quite nasty. Um, And so you need to tell that person that they need to stop drinking. And this was the very first time where I encountered that I needed to start working with the human, not just for the animal. And I'm like, how am I going to tell that person? I can't do that. Like, I can't tell them to stop drinking. So, And she says, no, you're going to have to because – this is not his normal behavioral pattern. So, so I did. And I shared with them what Audrey had mentioned. And the person said, Oh my God, that is so true. That's exactly right. And I go, well, this is what she's suggesting you can do to change that pattern. So he started working on that. And then within a few weeks, Audrey's behavior shifted back to her normal personality. And the person actually adjusted his behavior as well by reducing the amount of alcohol, you know, coming home, having a cup of tea first and just have that one glass rather than a whole bottle, for example. So, so that is the impact that animals can have. And that is how much they actually observe and know about us. Wow. Yeah. We are so running out of time. Um, Faye, <laughs> before we run out of time, Faye wants to know, it's not just live animals, but it's animals that have passed that you can communicate with? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Larry wants to know, can animals also smell illness in the body yes. of an animal? Yes, Larry, yes. they can. Um, Troy wants to know, are you saying the animal uh, had a sober plan for the person? <laughs> absolutely, that cat yes. did. <laughs> Yes, because they know exactly what our behavior is like and what we can do to shift that. So they see that happening already. Yeah. So the takeaway is that we need to have animals in our life, don't we? (laughs) Preferably, yes. That's my personal opinion. Bianca, before we run out of time, I just want to let the listeners know that you can connect with Bianca. I've put up all of her uh, social uh, handles on the chat page. And if you go to BiancaDeRuth.com, that's B-I-A-N-C-A-D-E-R-E-U-S.com, Bianca has an amazing array of services open to you to use and she can work with you from anywhere across the world, not just Australia. And she has a whole range of services, including soul connection, alignment and raising your vibration, awakening your soul, animal communication, energy healing, and she does workshops and seminars. And in the last minute, Bianca, can you tell everyone about the book you published in 2018? Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, Yes, the book is called Hello, Can You Hear Me? And it shares a bit of my story. But most importantly, it helps you to connect with yourself and your animals. So the book is not just reading, but I actually get you to do the work. You will learn how to connect to your pets and have conversations with them as well. So it's a wonderful combination of both. Yeah. That's available on your website? Yes, on my website. It's also on Amazon, 
um, and a few other online websites as well. Yeah. So listeners, the book by Bianca Delarue is called Hello, Can You Hear Me? And it's about animal communication and how you can do it too. And we are completely out of time. And I have loved my conversation and interview with you today, Bianca. Um, Bianca also has to run off to another appointment. So I'm conscious of getting her um, back uh, off off the show and um, on <laughs> one final Thing. Mason says, so everyone being homebound in this virus, are we stepping on the pet's time? I would think that we are stepping into our pets because we're all home and they're going to be loving it. What do you think, Bianca? Most pets will absolutely love it, but they will also let you know when it gets too much. Uh-huh. So be very observant of their behavior and how they interact with you and be respectful of that too. Yeah. Fantastic. Bianca Delarue, thank you for coming on Radio Tony today. I'm sure I'll be talking to you again in the future. Everyone, jump onto Bianca's website. And we are not even going to go to a break. We are just going to say goodbye and thank you so much, Bianca. And we have Tracy Horton live online. Um, good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm good, darling. I've just had the most fabulous conversation with Bianca about animal communication and now I'm really looking forward to jumping off the radio and going and talking some more to my goats. <laughs> yes, I was listening to that. I'm going to go and have a chat to my cat after this. Yeah, I, um, I, I've always felt this but uh, listening to Bianca this morning, I'm really certain that I know now what's been happening and I know now that the goats and the llamas and my dogs, they all have uh, information and, and what I was feeling is is absolutely correct. But over to a completely different subject, Tracy and I wanted to quickly talk about vulnerability today and to start the conversation off, I want to um say a quote by the beautiful Brene Brown and her quote is vulnerability is the birthplace of connection and the path to feeling the feeling of worthiness it is um, a most important part of our uh, lives and so we thought we'd have a quick conversation about vulnerability so Tracy what does vulnerability mean to you and why is it important You know, Tony, the most incredible thing about vulnerability is that we love it in other people and we struggle with it in ourselves. And that always amazes me. You know, we see somebody present vulnerably and we are so proud of them and we love on them and we care for them. And yet when it surfaces in us, we do everything we can. Yeah. But interestingly, as you know, here in the States and everywhere else in the world, we are in COVID-19 bubble and it's bringing huge amounts of vulnerability up to up to huge us. Amounts. And it's just got me really thinking about how important it is. I think it's a real superpower when you harness it. Because who isn't vulnerable right now, Tony? Who yeah. is not feeling some sort of vulnerability? Yeah. You know, just this morning, my young son-in-law who's 26 has worked every day since he turned 15 has an incredible job it was a real career path walked in at eight o'clock and was redundant by nine and now has to come home he's the sole breadwinner for my daughter and their two small children like their life became vulnerable in one hour and and he's really spiraling but the thing is there's nowhere to go for another job no not at the moment because he's got this unique talent of, of, you know, technician work around NBN and stuff. All the work's in Sydney. He can't go there because all our borders are closed. You know, and so it's very interesting what's happening right now. And I think because there are other factors appear, appearing, we, we're losing a little bit of control. Like yes. his issue is that he's lost control. In one hour, someone took all the control out of his life. Yeah. Um, and even though our government, compared to a lot is very generous. It's nowhere near what he was earning. So it's a big adjustment for them. And it's just created this real vulnerability. And even in my daughter, she's begun to sort of unravel. And I just stopped her and I said, you know what, just feel into this because something great's going to come out of this. It has to, because we are always designed to win. We're always designed to succeed. We have this inbuilt DNA in us that will find a pathway to make good of it if we can just feel into the vulnerability that we're feeling. I think that's a key too, isn't it, Tracy? that oftentimes we try and push away or stop 
any of those negative feelings. And if we just actually sat with them for a little bit of time and just said, okay, this is, I'm, I'm going to swear right, this is really shit, this is really terrible, this is not fun, this is not great, I feel completely terrified, just allow ourselves to sit in that vulnerability for a little bit and then start to come out the other side because as you and I know vulnerability is that place of uncertainty and risk and emotional exposure but conversely it's also that birthplace of love belonging joy courage empathy and creativity and if we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable the creativity that flows from that place is quite amazing isn't it oh it's growth it's always growth and you know we both know because we've done a lot of growth it's never comfortable and and that's what vulnerability brings up first is always this discomfort and I think that's why we go to reject I always think that's why we go to reject it so quickly because nobody likes to be uncomfortable that's right that's right um and and the, I like the um, Latin meaning of vulnerability. It comes from the Latin word vulnus, and the Latin word means wound. So vulnerability is a state of being open to injury or open to wounds. Um, and we as humans, that's uncomfortable. It's not, it's not a nice feeling. But if we accept it, that it is, and that it is okay to feel that way, that it will pass. Nothing lasts forever. And when you're feeling vulnerable, that too will pass. Absolutely. And I think especially in COVID-19 bubble, when yes. we're unable to get together, when we're unable to cuddle, we're unable to be yes. around our family. Yes. You know, normally when something like this happened in our family, we'd have a dinner party because that's yeah. what we do. But I can't have a dinner party tonight to make it better for them. They're going to have to sit at home and talk about it. And sometimes you need that generational viewpoint. Yes. So we'll probably have a drink over Skype, I guess. Yeah. But the thing to remember is always that, it's not touching who we are. It's not touching the most important part of us. It's touching our peripherals. It's touching our scaffolding. It's touching all the things. Yes, of course, we need work. We need money. We need all that. But who he is, who we woke up to this morning is still the man he is today. And that man is destined for greatness. That man can succeed. And, And it's just a real conditioning of our minds. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it is that it's causing us to dig deep and realize this because we don't have all this other stuff floating around. That's right. That's right. And and again, so many people would be feeling this um, vulnerability in this COVID bubble. So many people are losing their jobs. People are still losing their lives. Um, the world as we know it across the whole world is not the same as it was at the beginning the beginning of January and so lots of human beings are going to be feeling vulnerability which is important to talk about important to acknowledge that it's scary and it's yeah. yucky and it's not nice but it will pass and we will be okay Yes, for sure. And I think the most important thing you said there, Tony, is people need to talk. Yes. And because because we're so used to getting together socially yes. and because, especially for older people, like Paul's parents are in their 80s, my mum's in her 80s, we've had to teach them how to get on computers and see themselves on Zoom. We've had to teach them how to put in the ID so we can talk to them because they're so used to us just popping in, you know. They're so used to that phone call. But people need to talk and we need to embrace, you know, a lot of Skype calls, Zoom calls, phone calls, letters. We need to embrace all the other forms of communication just so that we keep talking because it's so important. Yeah, And it's very easy when we're in lockdown and isolation and cut off from our normal way of life to stop talking, isn't it? Yeah, it is, especially when you're feeling vulnerable because, you know, most people don't want to burden other people, but it's not a burden. Actually, other people normally have our answers. And if you, I don't know about you, but if I keep everything within myself, I tend to go around in circles because I only have a set of answers. 
But when I take other viewpoints, it's like, oh, wow, okay, yep, yep, yep. And, I, you know, we are meant to do life together. It's meant to be a village. It's meant to be a tribe. And I think that's re-emerging beautifully in a lot of areas. I think that humans are starting to, again, discover the power of connectivity. And if there's ever a time when we need to be connected uh, as humans, it's now. Um, Ivy wants to know, what can, we, what can we do to get others to talk when we feel they need to be heard? Great question, Ivy. What do you think, Trace? Ivy, sounds to me like you ha- you know a very stubborn introvert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've got your answer because I'm married to one. <clears throat> you know, even listening to Bianca, I realised how much my cat's talking to me at the moment. And, you know, everybody talks, but not everybody's verbal. Yes. And, and so I think, you know, just get a little creative with it. I know with my husband, he's very kinesthetic and he's a true introvert. So for us, a drive has always been a really good way for him to open up. But we can't do that a lot now. So normal, So now I take him either for a walk and I just say to him, you have to talk about this because, you know, we have to process this. So I think it's just, it's just you can't make people talk, but reading their body language and reflecting that back to them. Listen, yeah. I know you're not talking about this, but you're so angry. Or yeah. I know you're not talking about this, but you're so shut down. Uh, you know, I can see you're worried. Do you want me to help? Can can I help? You know, framing it with questions that are non-confrontational always helps. Um, reflecting back their behaviours. Listen, you know, I, I, the other day my husband was mowing the lawns and he lost he lost his temper over something, and I said, "Hey, that's so not like you." Yeah. And then and then he opens up, you know, that he's really struggling with being confined to the house and the area and worrying about the kids that live a couple of hours away. And so we just had this conversation, but it was only that I said to him, hey, what just happened? That's not you. Yeah. You know, sometimes just reflecting it, just being that mirror. Reality is we can't make people talk if they don't want to, but most of the time people do want to. We just have to frame it, mirror it, or give them room to do it. And often knowing their love languages helps. Yes. Um, you know, if they're highly kinesthetic, if they if acts of service. I know my husband's high on acts of service, so coming home to a clean, quiet house will always help him to relax quicker, you know, just knowing some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just for our listeners, I've actually just put up the TED Talk that Brene Brown did on the power of vulnerability. I know I've watched it a number of times and I'm sure lots of you have watched it too, but I'm just putting it up there because it's an amazing TED Talk. And now that we're in the COVID bubble and most of us have more time, those sorts of things, TED Talks, podcasts, live radio, they're all going to help you cope with feeling vulnerable at this time because the more we open ourselves up to listening and learning the better we're going to feel about what we're all going through and like the catchphrase of the time is we're all in this together and effectively humanity is in a big covid bubble of uncertainty at the moment absolutely absolutely and i think because it's it's an unknown, like it doesn't have a face, it doesn't, you know, it's just yep. this sort of random little, this random disease and, you know, we wake up to so many cases every morning and, you know, we hear about people still in lockdown and nobody can give you a time, nobody can say, listen, the 4th of August, this will all be over. Yeah. So I think that is definitely breeding some deep-seated fear in a lot of people, worry in a lot of people. I know a lot of my friends are just saying, is this ever going to end? Like, how do we get out of this? And, of course, you know, every every day countries are locked down, their economies change. So, you know, it's got repercussions. I, I get it as one of the most vulnerable times we've ever lived in. I, I would agree. I think it's probably even greater than any of the depressions or flus or anything that the world has ever experienced. Now is the time because the economic ramifications across the world will be massive but with all of those ramifications there's also the opportunity for growth and creativity and I actually still feel excited about the world on the other side of this what about you Trace? 
Definitely, definitely. And it is a proven fact that most people succeed to avoid pain rather than to have success. And I think that people are starting to feel a lot of pain. So I think that as people do feel into their vulnerabilities, they settle in and say, this is life as it is. This is how it looks. And own that. I think some real creativity, some new businesses, some new excitement, a greater understanding of people, a greater community. I think it's all going to evolve because the highest pro, the highest produ- producing for success is is the innate feeling of avoiding avoiding discomfort. And we're definitely discomfortable. We're all in discomfort at the moment. Every single one I would think across the planet is in some level of vulnerability and discomfort because of this virus so wonderful listeners and gorgeous Tracy we are completely out of time yet again so for our (laughs) listeners Tracy and I have actually scheduled a full show together coming up um, in uh, May and so we'll have the pleasure of having Tracy on for the whole show to talk about a range of things but I just wanted to finalize the show thank you trace for coming on again today um tracy's the show sponsor which i'm truly so grateful for and um thank you for there's lots of stuff going on in tracy's life at the moment and i really appreciate her taking the time to be on radio tony live each week so listeners i just want to um close by saying take care out there be safe Make sure you connect with someone who cares. And again, you can connect to me or Tracy anytime you want. Um, my website, radiotony.com, and Tracy is tracyhorton.com. Um, and just connect if you need to. Any of us are there. Don't think that you're doing this alone and embrace the vulnerability and the discomfort you feel at this moment. And we will join you all next week. So this is Tony Lontis, live on Radio Tony, and bye for now. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony, with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7 pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom!